Good afternoon, friends. Welcome to another grand and glorious day in the best little city in America. That being the one, the only Sioux Falls, South Dakota, where we will spend the next couple hours here on the Patrick Lally Show engaged in some energetic and entertaining conversation on local, state, national news and politics, a little music, a little pop culture. Uh, we're going to talk about, uh, you know, good deeds, good deeds happening in your community. It's true. We're going to talk a little bit about that, and it's going to be fun. Uber producer Dan Peters is in the studio with us today, as most days. Thanks for spending a little bit of time with us through your radio at Information 1000 KSOO, streamed live on the KSO mobile app, the K or KSO.com, just straight up KSO.com, where you can stream this program. Uh, and if you don't have that mobile app, you got to get it because it will change your life. Trust me on that one. Remember, you can always follow along as many people are doing as we speak on Facebook Live. You can uh, use the Twitter at P. Lally Show. We've got all the social medias covered except for Pinterest, which I don't care about. I do not care about Pinterest. Although I do think we have some some element on Pinterest. We have uh, with, a Pinterest with our, account. With our overall <laughs> KSOO platform, but not, P. Lally, not the Patrick Lally Show, no. Well... That's good because I do not care about Pinterest. I have not seen Pinterest. I I do not like Pinterest and Ham. No interest in Pinterest. No interest in Pinterest. Maybe that's maybe I'm a, a Pinterestist, but I don't care. I am biased against the Pinterest. Pinterestophobe. Pinterestophobe. I have I, I am a I am a user of LinkedIn, though not frequently. I uh, I am I am a user of. Uh, of the Snapchat, but not for a long time. Cause you know, here's the thing, Dan, I just, you know, I'm starting to sound like a social media old guy. Like in my day, we only had the Facebook and we were happy with it. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Who needs more than one social media? You have your Facebook, you maybe have Twitter, but never both. And you don't need any of these other, these Instagrammers. Grammys, what is what is this Instagrammy thing? Now, did you get that email from Twitter that you cannot link your Facebook posts and Twitter posts together? What you cannot? I I got an email that said that I cannot post my Twitter post to my Twitter account and have it linked to Facebook. You're kidding me. I am not kidding you. See, I do that the other way around. When it goes to Facebook, it usually goes to Twitter. And I know that's like some sort of social media SEO uh, reach clout score. No, no. But I search do it anyway. engine optimization yeah, for those on the uninitiated of the. I'm sorry. Yes, your search engine optimization. But, you know, that's fine. I'm willing to live with that, Dan. And I have Instagram. It's a fine tool. But I, I, you, can only, you can only manage so many tools at one time. Right. Along with your five email addresses. I have five email addresses. It's a lot. And, you know, so if I can't link all that together. Now, I know you can link your. In fact, my Instagram is linked to my Facebook, which hypothetically we would put it on Twitter. But um, I don't know if that actually still works. I just forget about Instagram. Lovely tool. Lovely tool. But I, I just I don't know. It's just one more step. I got to remember when I'm out there, you know working my social media is trying to get the message out, you know, massaging my personal brand, as we like to say. Or do we? No, we don't say that. Not on the air. Uh, dude, <laughs> that, that horse has just left the barn. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, anyway, I, we, were, we haven't been here for a couple of days. So I was out of town. I was in Ohio. Had a nice trip to Ohio. Going back to Ohio with, uh, with JP and uh, visiting her family. It was lovely. Got to spend some quality times in the suburbs of Cleveland. Got to go downtown. Did not make it to the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh. No, it just ran out of time. Well, it's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll, that's for sure. <laughs> it certainly is. But that's okay. Uh, you know, got to hang out down there and then uh, drive all the way down to southeast Ohio, almost to Virginia, West Virginia, uh, to Athens, home of the University of Ohio, and that was fun. Lovely, lovely territory down there. Beautiful. Mm, I've never been to Ohio. At all? Never. Wow. I've been to Kentucky. Ah. I've been to Tennessee. That's close. 
my parents had, or let's see, my aunt and my cousins had a, had a crew that used to live in South Bend, Indiana. That's what I have never been to Ohio. Well, you know, it's a it's kind of a hulking, decrepit, post-industrial nightmare, but it is parts of it are lovely. <laughs> no, we had a nice time. Had a great time in Ohio. Uh, you know, big shout out to everybody who's listening in Ohio on KSO.com. Um, also, but another thing that happened while we were gone, uh, they uh, had the official opening of the, and I've neglected to mention this last week, the official opening of that bike trail spur uh, in the middle of the country club stretch there. North yeah, that was of, yesterday. Yeah, north side of Skunk Creek. That baby is open and running, so you can shoot straight over west side, go to whatever things you need to go to over there. Or if you live over on the west side, you now have that direct route downtown. It's beautiful. Beautiful. It was, you know, I, what did I read? It was like, uh, it's a mile and a quarter, $400,000. Cheap. That's just cheap when you compare it to roads. Millions of dollars a mile for roads. And you didn't have to disrupt too many of the golfers along the way. Golfers. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so uh, the city did a fine job of constructing a barrier there, so the the golfers won't be disturbed over uh, at uh, the Country Club of Sioux Falls. So lovely. Thank you to everybody who uh, participated in that many years long project to negotiate that fine passageway that we will all now use uh, with great enthusiasm. Uh, Also, one final reminder, not a final, I'll be reminding you of this every Tuesday. Tonight is the second edition of Public Input at Club David during the city council meeting where we'll have uh, commentary on the style and substance of tonight's meeting. And uh, 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 Scott Arisman will be there, uh, blogger Scott Arisman from South Dakota. Uh, Disgruntled former city commissioner Matt Staub will not be there. But frankly, he didn't add that much last time. That's not. That's a joke. That's a joke. If Matt's listening, I kid. Um, so we'll be there tonight, starting about six thirty. Meeting gets underway at seven. Short agenda tonight. Won't be like last week, the debut, which went on into the wee hours. Uh, but there's some there's some stuff on there that we're going to talk about. Yeah, at least there were. There will be no surplus property discussions tonight. I hope not. It might come back though, because the mayor's back. I suppose that uh, that'll have to go through some sort of reconsideration process. Yeah, they'll probably. Yeah, they probably couldn't. You know, work it up tonight and then then try to work. You know, get it passed. It'll, they'll have to. Yeah, go through the motions and go through all the procedures to get that. That was that done. piece of land right behind the Huey Building. They're trying to do uh, remodel the Huey, and uh, there was a big fight that nobody understood. Just lawyer after lawyer up there, for no apparent reason. So. Someday we'll know what's going on there. But I really, one of the stranger debates at city council that I've ever seen. Now was the kickoff, our first night of, uh, our first night of uh, uh, public input. I believe we'll have city council bingo. Uh, Arisman and I will be there. We're launching um, the uh, drink specials. Well, the drink special, the Christine Erickson. You'll have to turn up, come on out to find out what that is. The Christine Erickson will be the drink special for this evening. So come on out to Club David tonight at uh, 6.30, right across from Town Hall. You can pop in and out. There's no official start and end. It's just hanging out, watching council, and and chatting. That's what we do. We're friends. It's just a bunch of friendly people having a good time. So come on out. Uh, We've got a great show for you today. Our guests include Patrick Saylor. He is the manager of the Co-op Natural Foods, which is a fine, fine establishment over on 18th of Minnesota. And they've got an event coming up on Wednesday that you can get involved in for a good cause. I Stay tuned for that. Blogger Pat Powers of the DakotaWarCollege.com. He will be here to talk about state politics. And Scott Hudson is our weird friend of the day. That's always fun. I will have a PL statement just after the break. Today's topic, planning, design, and architecture in our fine city. Oh, it's good stuff. You're going to want to stay close. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. 3820. 320 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Yes, indeed, a little more closer to free. That's what we're trying to do today on the PL statement here on the Patrick Lally Show. That time of the day when we cast our gaze about the news, looking for things that interested us, disgust us, 
make us happy, joyful, or generally contented. Today, uh, we're going to keep our uh, view a little local. Well, mostly local. And uh, the uh, beginning of my discussion today, which happens to uh, focus on sort of architecture and design, uh, if you saw the uh, front page of the print edition of Your Argus Leader, you know what I'm talking about, and that is, uh, so this, uh, the, the headline, State Architects, Time for Harder Discussions uh, on, uh, uh, you know, they want harder discussions on, 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 on like, uh, design, right? And uh, the uh, lead on this story by Jeremy Fugelberg is, it's time to take a hard look at the design and development of Sioux Falls and South Dakota, the state's architects say. The South Dakota chapter of the American Institute of Architects launched a blog Friday, Blueprint South Dakota. And so, you know, I see, oh, there's a blog. I'll just go look at the blog. So that's what I did. Uh, and it's uh, interesting because uh, one of the, and this was included in this uh, package of stories today in the Argus Leader, was uh, from a friend of the show, Tom Herbert, who is an architect in his own right, ran for a city council. You remember Tom. He's been on the show. Good guy. Um, anyway, he's got this uh, whole plan that he put together for a downtown baseball stadium, which is something we've talked about in the past here on the show. Uh, and I thought it was I thought it was pretty interesting. He's got a, a pretty interesting uh, – people always say, where would you put it? Where would you put it? Well, Tom has carved out a little spot here uh, on the north side of kind of Falls Park West uh, that looks very interesting. And it's got some elevated paths around it. It nestles up against the train tracks and the Big Sioux River down there. And, uh, you know, it'd be really, really cool. Let's just get that out there. The drawings, because, you know, Tom's professional. The drawings are pretty cool. And he goes into, in his essay here on the blog, which is at uh, BlueprintSouthDakota.com. BlueprintSouthDakota.com. On uh, some, some, you know, all these different cities who have found uh, financial models uh, that have worked for downtown stadiums because the old way of doing things maybe is not uh, particularly uh, in vogue anymore. Uh, as he said, in the past, deals to build ballparks have been pretty straightforward. The city and team owners worked out a deal to build a standalone facility structured in subsidized city dollars along with ticket sales, sponsorships, and other stadium revenue. That model is on a losing streak, and we need to do something different. But we don't have to be the canary in the coal mine. See how he did that? There are examples that are working. And he goes through all these um, where uh, they have put together these packages north in Kannapolis, North Carolina. And these are not all big cities. Some of them are. Hartford, Connecticut, um, and uh, other places, Fort Wayne, Biloxi, Amarillo. Uh, and they've uh, using uh, different uh, financial models. And he says, although the Canaries must provide leadership and should participate in new stadium expenses, the cost of a new downtown stadium should be, shouldn't be entirely their own, nor finance on the backs of the average taxpayer, but rather the biggest weight should be in collaboration with developers who stand to gain the most. And I think that is a different perspective because, as he says, the biggest developer project near the birdcage since the new event center which is the current baseball stadium and the premier center, is a boarded-up mega pawn shop now for sale for $12.9 million. And that's been the point on this thing all along that a lot of people said, if you put it out, if you put the event center out by where the old arena, you know, you'll spur development, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, that has never really happened, but that's fine. That's fine. This is not the discussion for us that's before us today. It's, it's whether or not we should build a new baseball stadium and what would be the advantage around building it downtown. As Mr. Hurlbert says, uh, idle parking lots around the birdcage and event center don't produce much revenue and never will. But the economic spinoff from a downtown baseball stadium can be the catalyst to private property tax revenue, retail sales, and tourism dollars, not to mention create jobs. Um, you know, it's, it's a long-term idea. And right now we don't really have anything on the table that would suggest that we can do that, that we can pay for it. Um, but if we try and do it as uh, some measure of private partnership, uh, there is uh, a chance that we could still do that. You know, and I think that these are, are important ways to look at it. We do need to start rethinking what we do and who we give money to. Um, 
it's it's a it is a continuing challenge you know what we did with the event center because we needed an event center no i mean i never doubted that i wanted to see it downtown but you know that's fine we moved on from that but the fact is that there's never going to be a bunch of entertainment or any other type of retail development out there it's just not going to happen but it does happen downtown because it's already happening downtown you don't have to reinvent how things develop there's a lot of there's a lot of challenges as 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 tom points out the initial challenge to overcome for this site is contaminated soil capped below the grass surface namely lead acid battery chemicals and scrap metals hey the ballpark might be our best opportunity for the city of Sioux Falls and agencies such as the South Dakota Department of Environment and Natural Resources to explore a public-private pri- partnership to clean up after ourselves and remediate tox- toxic soils around the Big Sioux. So, yeah, there's, I mean, there's issues every time we build somewhere and down in that area that is the industrial center of this community, and it won't change. So um, I think that there's a chance here. I think that it is time for the discussion. We've you know, we've been talking about this sort of on the fringes for a while. Uh, there was a report that suggested that uh, 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 a baseball stadium, uh, w- if we were going to rebuild Canary Stadium, not to do it where it is. And I mean, frankly, you know, since we decided to build a big structure out in the middle out there, we're going to need the parking out there. So, you know, tear it down, build a new stadium somewhere. We can, you know, whatever league it is, maybe the maybe the current iteration of the American Association is not doing so well but right now we've got the worst stadium in that league so if we want baseball in this community we're going to have to do something and maybe now the time is right and suggestions like these are part of a broader discussion but let's have it right let's do it let's let's start talking about it let's not be afraid of different ways of thinking of things and there's uh, other good topics on that uh, blog the uh, architects blog i'm i like i like thinking about planning and development and and building and architecture in new ways what we're doing does not always is not always the best in fact many of the things we do now are not good in terms of growth and planning and development so let's start a different kind of conversation and so thank you to mr herbert and the folks at blueprintsouthdakota.com for getting on board with that conversation that is the bottom line on today's pnl statement you can agree or disagree with me patrick at kso.com you can get with us get with us you can talk to us on twitter at p lally show on facebook live all the things in all the places coming up after the news and weather with mr dan peters we're going to chat with scott hudson and weird friends he's got a lot to talk about as usual this is the patrick lally show information 1000 ksoo 335 on the patrick lally show information 1000 ksoo And we bring in for the Weird Friends segment on a beautiful Tuesday afternoon, Scott Hudson. Uh, Scott, uh, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. How are you today? I'm I'm swell. Um, you know, it, it 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 strikes me as I was thinking about my evening that uh, and the public input. I don't know if you know about this little shindig yes. we got going to the yes. public input at yes. Club David. That actually you should come down because you you would be a nice addition to the panel. Oh, that would be interesting, yes. 6.30 we get going. Uh, Erisman and I will be down there tonight. Uh, Matt Staub's not going to be around, so, you know, if you're not doing anything, you should swing down to Club David. I'll buy you a a, a cold beverage or a warm beverage. Interesting. Yeah. (laughs) How's that sound? We'll have to see. We'll we'll see. Just put something on my tab. (laughs) Hey, um, do you know, uh, you and I, uh, we have talked, we talk a lot about local media, right? And I yeah. and I I hesitate to even bring this up, but we've been sort of. Uh, you had mentioned on on, on on the social medias, and I I I had this. It struck me the other day, and I almost brought it up. And I think it's it it really is one of the more pressing issues of of local media today. Uh, uh, and it's not you know the shrinking staffs and the you know the people the 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 in, inattentiveness of the modern voter. It's Perry Groton's hair. What, <laughs> dude? Have you seen he, this? This guy is a is a modern miracle. Okay, most of us started out life with a big head of hair, and slowly yeah. it went down. And now I'm down to the you know the the full baldy, right? And yeah. many of us have quaffed it down a, a lot more just to sort of maintain. 
Not Perry. Perry's going the other no, direction. I, yeah, I mean, okay, I mean, now that, you know, because I do this Big Brother thing every summer, there are two really scary things that happen on my TV because I'm actually putting it on CBS, which I don't otherwise. Oh. I don't watch Young Sheldon or junk <laughs> like that. Uh, so one is, you know, when the next day I turn it on in that, that scary little afternoon talk show thing that they do, yeah, which is, which is one of the most embarrassing things I've ever seen <laughs> anywhere. Brought back the Weck out of retirement. Yeah. And I'm, I like the Weck, but what is he doing there? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's very, it's very, it's just, I've been on the show. Okay. As uh, a, as a guest, uh, because of, uh, bike to work or something like that. I can't remember what it was. Sure. And you know, it's taped. I don't know. Very, I don't know what they're doing. It's like two o'clock in the afternoon. Who's watching TV yeah. at two o'clock in the afternoon? Well, well, let's, 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 we'll, we'll, I'll ignore that line. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, but here's what they, maybe they should do a segment on Perry Groton's hair because. Yes, that's okay. Let's, let's get into that. <laughs> so the other night, the other night after Big Brother was over, I, I, the TV was left on. I went on and did other things and. I think it was actually a commercial during Big Brother mm-hmm. that, and I haven't watched Kello News in probably 20 years because, you know, I don't need that aggravation. Right. And, and so here is Perry, the man who, like you said, has been hair challenged for his 85-year career on television. <laughs> and suddenly, not only does he have hair, but it's messy. Yes, it's, it's unkempt. He's sort of a... Uh, devil may care kind of hairstyle yeah. he's got going now uh you know it's, oh man it's I, I was wondering when his uh, when his indie rock band was reunited <laughs> what was it when garth brooks did his uh his when he went rock and roll and he had like a, suddenly had different hair yeah that's yeah. kind of what it's like it's like dude you're not kidding me with this i no. have a memory no no and there's there's quite a catalog of footage in the archives. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Just go to Google or YouTube. It'll be right there. Perry Groton <laughs> and, and there. The sad thing is, that is now we finally have something interesting about Perry Groton. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I've been waiting for this for a, for a long time. Why? Why? Okay, you start. You're on TV and you're bald, and you know. And to be perfectly honest, Perry Groton's had a fine career at Kello. He's been there a long time. I'm sure he's very happy. He's not going to another market. It's not like no, oh, I'm going to make a no. new audition tape with my hair so that I can go to you know the Quad Cities. No, no, it's a little late in the ball game for him to suddenly try to look a little more youthful. No, it, you remember when Mitch Krebs did it? Former, oh uh, yes, Mitch oh, Krebs, yes. former uh, KSFY anchor, and uh, married to current Secretary of State Chantel Krebs. One day, Mitch just—he was cue ball. I mean, banker band yes. around the back, nothing else. And one day, he went from bam to bam. He just all of a sudden had hair, and and he he did not need to do it. He was uh, bald worked for him. Yes, what? Um, yeah, maybe you know, in the weird world of television. Where you get oh, yes, you, you yes. get graded on your likability scores and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe throwing throwing the wig on gives you gives you like a, a two point bump or something. You know the I've I've talked to a couple of uh, former uh, TV employees in this area that have told me what the uh, what the advisors have told them they needed to do as far as like clothes and hair and things like that. So yeah, it's probably not their own fault. Oh, but man, just I don't know. It's it's embarrassing as a bald man. Okay. A completely shaved head, bald man. I can say it's a good look. I be, be proud, man. Bald and proud. I can't imagine you suddenly showing up with hair. No, especially everything. Everything (laughs) I've known about you as long as I've known you. (laughs) That's right. I'm just not going to do it. And you know, and the other thing is I look at uh, the national guys these days, yeah, some of them have fantastic hair, right? And, you know, what? who was it? Brady Mallory. Didn't Brady Mallory get the best hair in all of television at some point? And if that's what you're up against, fine. But do, you're not going to compete with Brady Mallory. Give it up. And no. I see, like, these uh, Don Lemon. He ain't got no hair, right? <laughs> There's all kinds of guys on TV with no hair. Uh, Kornheiser and Wilbon. There you go.
two and of the they most. They make jokes about themselves all the time being bald. Get on board, Perry Groton. We need a yeah. It's a new campaign. It's like hashtag give up the wig. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag Perry ain't got no hair. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> Wait, Perry ain't got any. Oh, I, it was almost pagan. <laughs> that would have been great. <laughs> hashtag pagan. Perry ain't got uh, anything on his noggin. You got it on his. Uh, well, no, it's not quite yeah, there. It doesn't quite work. No, we'll work on that. The, the yeah. Perry Groton hashtag campaign. Give up the wig. <laughs> the Perry Groton give up the wig campaign. He'll probably go for it. Maybe well, I should get him on. There you go. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he could come on with you. Oh, well, yeah, that would work out well. Remember, <laughs> I, I remember the few times in the 90s where we had like a Tempest Kello kind of matchup thing, and it, it, was, it was kind of uncomfortable for me. <laughs> I can imagine. Uh, hey, Scott, you want to uh, can you hang out and talk about music with me? Sure. Awesome. We're going to come right back and talk more with Scott Hudson on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. We weren't even supposed to be there. It was just another run. Took a detour across the river. Make it back home before dawn. And my hands were touched and shaken. And I see headlights down the road. Bitch fly. Three forty-eight on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO. We return to our discussion with Scott Hudson on Weird Friends and a little play out there of Lucero, "Long Way Back Home." Because Scott told me to play it. That's why. That's right, Scott. This is pretty good. Yeah, they're a really, really good band. They've been around since ninety-eight or so. This is their eleventh album. See, eleventh album. This is how out of touch I am. I'd never, <laughs> I'd never heard them before, but apparently you tell me they've been here, so that's awesome. Yeah, they've been here a couple of times in in recent years. Uh, they, I think they played Icon once, and maybe the the uh, the theater, the Orpheum, the Orpheum Theater. Yes, once I believe that's the case. I could be wrong. And they also played the, the the homecoming show for the replacements on their reunion tour. Oh, awesome! And so this is uh, they've got a new album out uh, called Among the Ghosts, and uh, this is a long way back home. And I was listening to them today, and I really like this record. So this is a uh, like Hudson's hot pick of the week, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're into like Wilco and the Jayhawks bands like that, this is right up your alley. There, it's uh, you know kind of. Americana, definitely, but there's elements of soul and uh, even a little punk rock at times. There's a really varied band. Yeah, and uh, we'll play a little bit here because this guy's got a great voice. Yeah, good stuff. It's it's got a kind of a southern appeal to it as well, doesn't it? I, yeah, I they're from Memphis. Yeah, okay. Um, so they've got they've got that southern uh, legacy there. Uh, but yeah, uh, the last their last three records were recorded at I can't remember the name of the studio, but it's a legendary studio that Big Star recorded all their stuff at. This record, they actually went into um, Sam Phillips, the you know the guy who discovered Elvis. Oh yeah, they went they went into the the legendary Sam Phillips studio and and recorded it. So they're they're really into the legacy of Southern music. So, yeah, that's, that's fitting. Yeah, and so uh, the new record is out, and I was just listening to it today. So there, there you go. Uh, Lucero is Hudson's hot pick of the week, Among the Ghosts. Uh, you can get that now on wherever wherever you get your music. As we've said, I now get mine on uh, Spotify, so I was able to just punch go. it up and listen to the record. It was that easy. See, that's how that's life, right. life doesn't have to be hard, Scott. I try to make my life as easy as possible. <laughs> hey, you know what? I think you're succeeding. Um, right. In fact, here's how I'm going to make it simple right now. What? I, my family has three birthdays in one week. What? Okay. 
Oh, yes, yes. My mother, my father, and my sister, they all have their birthdays this week, and I never remember exactly what day because they're all, like, right in a row. <laughs> so I, I'm using my opportunity here. Uh, uh, if you know Dan Hudson, Janet Hudson, or Christine Hudson, if you see them, tell them happy birthday. Well, there you sometime go. Be- sometime between now and next week because that's, that's when the days are. So uh, happy birthday, Mom, Dad, and Sister. There, you're taken care of. Oh, yeah, I think I did that well, too. Uh, yeah, and I can understand why you wouldn't know the dates. They're all in the same week. What difference does it make? Well, it's confusing. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do, have a separate birthday, a, a separate party on each day? You can deliver gifts on different days? No, you're going to do it all at once. Well, it would be nice to have a party every day, but, yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. The uh, Hey, uh, I was talking about uh, public input earlier, and it reminded yeah. me, um, if you come down to to Club David at 6.30 or 7-ish, um, I think they're, I think they're talking about, have you, have you noticed this, this debate? Uh, it's, you know, driven by Teresa Staley primarily. And I got, yeah. I got in a bit of a Facebook discussion. We'll call it a discussion over the weekend with Teresa about the, about the steps. Okay. Like, like right in front of the, the Hilton or the, yeah, the Hilton garden Inn. there's, there's kind of these stylized steps that go down to the, to the water. Right. Right. Now, uh, am why, I why wrong give- here? Am I wrong? That, who cares, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, they probably shouldn't be there. I will agree to that. But it was done what ten years ago, fifteen years ago. I don't know. It's been a while. I don't know why. I don't know why that's now an issue. And and when you talk about whether the river's dirty or not, well, it was dirty when they were put in too. I mean, so I what what was happening in the in the years between that we didn't even think about. It? I mean, I you know, I there's there's. It's not a big deal. <laughs> I just, I'm just going to say that. Yeah. It's not a big deal. And, uh, you know, they're going to do another phase, so it's a bunch more money, and I'm cool with that. I like I like what they've done. I don't think the steps make a dang bit of difference because you can get down to the river wherever you want to get to the river. So Yeah, and, 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 and I do, you know, I do like to go on the bike trails sometimes, mm-hmm. and uh, that part of the bike trails between downtown and the falls I think is a really cool area to ride or walk. So yeah. I you know, the steps are not something that I will necessarily utilize. But overall, it's a cool area. It's just a place to sit. It's not like a walkway. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Just, You're okay. not, yeah, yeah. Right. Set well, the stairway to, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> Scott, um, we're going we're gonna to go out with a little more Lucero for you. And, uh, right on. I appreciate you being here, and hopefully I'll get to see you tonight, buddy. Maybe. All right. Talk to you next week for sure. Yep. Coming up after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters, we're going to chat with Pat Powers from Dakota War College blog, and that'll be fun. But in the meantime, here's little Lucero. Fifty-eight on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Just a reminder that Saturday night is Midlight Moonlight Movies, 8.45 p.m. at Fairwood Park. A free family fun event. This week's outdoor movie is Beauty and the Beast. Bring a lawn chair, blanket, popcorn, candy, soda, and water will be available for purchase. For details on this or any other event, go through the event calendar at KSOO.com. Coming up after the break with... Dan Peters giving us the news and weather. We've got blogger Pat Powers of Dakota War College. You're going to want to stay close for that. And then Patrick Saylor, who's manager of the Co-op Natural Foods. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. From the sky we look so organized and brave. 406 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. And at this time, every Tuesday, we welcome to the airwaves via the telephonic communication, Mr. Pat Powers from Brookings, where he authors the Dakota War College blog on uh, Republican politics and, you know, commentary of all sorts. Uh, Mr. Powers, thanks for being here today. Good afternoon. Uh, so uh, I have been uh, I, I've been out of the state for a few days, admittedly. Uh, and, uh, so I need an update. Uh, we've been talking about these, uh, flubbed conventions now for a few weeks. 
but my understanding is now we will have candidates on the ballot uh, from the Democratic Party and the Constitutional Party. So, hey, there's progress, right? Well, it is progress. Uh, the Democrats can, can finally say that they actually have candidates. Uh, they had their, their candidate redo uh, meeting this past Friday night, I believe. They all got together. Uh, they got a, a small group together, voted to make it official, and sat down for, for drinks. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> as, as they apparently, uh, they required the uh, convention officials to all sign the documents in their presence, and, uh, and Chairwoman Ann Tornberg promised she would drive those to Pierre personally since last time it didn't work out so well for them. Yeah, and that... Uh it's unfortunate, but, uh, you know, you gotta, the thing is, is, is like, okay, you're a day too late. Right. But, but the thing is, those are the rules. And if you give somebody the opportunity to point out that you didn't follow the rules and it's politics, somebody's going to point out that you didn't follow the rules, which leads us to the constitution. party. (laughs) Well, you know, with, with the Democrats, they, they claimed they were relying on, Past practice, but unfortunately, Anne has been chairman for four years now, so she was following her own practices, which I does—I don't think speaks very well. The Constitution Party now—that's a—that's an entirely different cat, because they have uh, uh, their organization is lit- literally been in chaos mm-hmm. because it's questionable if they've had elections. Uh, they've had election. They maybe had elections. They've had resignations and appointments, and and a lot of this hasn't been filed with the state. They've just kind of done it and and called themselves good. But uh, this year they they've been called on it, and, and you know there there there's leeway given to some of the quote third parties in South Dakota under federal law. But you know you, it's not necessarily a free for all. And it should be pointed out that the Republican Party pointed out the, the shall we say, inconsistencies here uh, because it, it, it's in the best interest of the Republican Party. I mean, it's not like it's some sort of adherence to philosophy, but that's, that's the way it goes. Welcome to politics, right? Well, they, they say politics isn't being bag, and, and, and it's funny because when the petitions were all being filed earlier this year, I'd, I'd heard through the grapevine that Democrats went and checked every single legislative petition that Republicans filed this year. Mm-hmm. So, so when they claim they're, you know, the big bad Republicans are going after them, well, you know, they look at every avenue of the filing as well. Well, so, you should. So, you should. Well, yeah, those, those are the rules. That's right. And, and don't, but don't expect when you screw it up that somebody's not going to point it out. Well, absolutely, absolutely. If if they if they somebody misses it, well, shame on me for missing it. Yeah. So the okay. So let's go back to the Constitution Party uh, for a while because that's been uh, you know it's been fine political theater to watch. Um, so Dr. Terry Lafleur, who's uh, not a doctor but he has a Juris Doctorate, uh, is so. What's the deal now? Is is he because he's been involved in this back and forth for a while, uh, but. So is he the candidate, or, or what's the deal now? Well, that's that's still a good question, because this past week, uh, I, I believe the, the Sioux Falls paper we all know and love, mm-hmm. uh, did a kind of an expose on, on quote, Dr. LaFleur, and, and he, he kind of got in a bit of a snit mm-hmm. and quit the race and endorsed the Democrat in the race. <laughs> but uh, then the Constitution Party... Uh, they had two wings of the party, the Laura Hubble wing and the, the Lori Stacy Terry LaFleur wing. And just for their, the record, for the record, if your party has a Laurel Hubble wing, you got trouble. You do. You do. That, <laughs> and and uh, after Laura had left the party, most re- the Republican Party most mm-hmm. recently, uh, I, I did note to the Constitution Party that they have to keep her. We, we don't want that. <laughs> but... Uh, the uh, the two wings of the Constitution Party had their meetings supposedly this morning, and the only reports we're hearing 
were that the, the Lori Stacey, kind of the Constitution Party traditionalists, uh, they're reporting in, and Terry, Dr. Terry Lee LaFleur is now, after saying he was not running, now he is back running, and the, and the post where he said, yeah, the Facebook post where he said he wasn't running has been taken off, uh-huh. off the Internet. So he, that, that just apparently didn't happen. So he is actually uh, the one of the Constitution Party candidates for governor at this point. Uh, and it's uh, right now. This is all pending a uh, hearing that's, I believe, happening on oh Thursday, mm-hmm. uh, where the South Dakota Republican Party has sought a writ of prohibition to preclude her from pl- uh, preclude the Secretary of State from placing the Constitution Party on the ballot because of their numerous violations of law. So in the end, all this back and forth between them could get them all pitched out. Well, yeah, very much so. And that's because they, they haven't certified elections. They haven't followed rules. They, they've done none of the things that, are, that you're supposed to do if you're a regular political party. Well, and, and of course, they're going to dispute that, but, yeah. uh, but that's, that's kind of where it sits. And, and let's be honest here. These rules are uh, not that complicated. No, no, I mean, there's it's, it's literally, bit, you know, but not that much. You know, it's it's literally file this paperwork with the Secretary of State, and <laughs> and it doesn't get that much more complicated than that. <laughs> well, this will be this will be fun to watch. The only my question though, from a serious political standpoint, is if the Constitution Party has candidates on the ballot for statewide office, do they? Does it actually take votes out of Republican columns? Well, and, and that's going to be the biggest question of all, is how does it affect the race? And, you know, it, it really it, it depends on how strong the Democrats run this year, uh, because ultimately they really haven't been much of an electoral force in the past several elections. I mean, it used to be a lot closer. Mm-hmm. I mean, back when John Thune ran against Tim Johnson, when you had uh, libertarian Kurt Evans who jumped in the race, you know, he took maybe 10,000 votes, but there was only uh, a 500 vote difference between John Thune and Tim Johnson. So mm-hmm. it affected the outcome greatly. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, we're going to come right back and talk more with Pat Powers from the Dakota War College blog. And uh, we're going to maybe chat a little bit about Dakota Fest that's coming up and always has turned into quite the political festival as well. That's next here on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. I choose my friends, holding far too well, I'm up on the pavement, and they're all down in the cellar with their government grants. And my IQ, they brought me down to size, academic blue. 420 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO, and we're chatting with Pat Powers, as we do on most Tuesdays, about politics from the right side of the aisle. That's on his blog at dakotawarcollege.com. Pat, um, I said before the break that we were going to talk about Dakota Fest, because uh, it wasn't that long ago that uh, Dakota Fest wasn't this big, I mean, it's been a big uh, uh, ag festival for uh, several years now, many years. Mm-hmm. But it's really become a, a showcase, a real kickoff for the political season, don't you think? Well, it, it has. In fact, it's it's kind of usurped the uh, state fairs function of uh, of being the big kickoff for the seasons. And it's just a little earlier. In fact, it's it's kind of usurped a lot from the state fair in terms of you know the exposition of equipment and and everything else, mm-hmm. just because they're located a little more conveniently on the interstate. Uh, but yeah, the, uh, the, the big debate at Dakota Fest has, has taken, uh, taken off and, and kind of become a big event where it, it's kind of, kind of one of the, that, one of those must do events. And, uh, and I think it's, it's been that way largely since, uh, uh, that was, uh, that was what they kind of got going when Congresswoman Noam debated, and and appeared at the forum with uh, Stephanie Herseth Sandlin. Yeah. It's, it's it's been that way since. And and if you recall, that was the that was the event where uh, 
where Congresswoman Herseth got up and and proclaimed that you know don't be afraid just because Democrats are in charge and <laughs> yeah. that that uh, did not help her campaign any. Yeah, and I was at that debate, and I, that was sort of a turning point for me as well. Um, it was the first time that I had gone to Dakota Fest for for a uh, political event like that, and there had been a few others, but that was that debate really was a turning point because it was, as I recall, the first time they had sort of been on the stage together, and and uh, Christy Noem just came out firing, and you could tell right away that maybe the Herseth folks were not ready for the degree of aggressiveness that they were going to be dealing with. Well, you know, a lot of, a lot of people, including Congresswoman Herseth, uh, have, have just always kind of undersold uh, Christie's ability. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, I, I literally would, would tell anyone, she is uh, in, in front of a group, she is right up there with Senator Thune. Mm-hmm. I mean, she is, is literally the, the top-tier talent for... Republicans, and I think it's shown with her uh, her advancement on the national stage. Yeah, and so there's uh, there will be a, a gubernatorial debate at uh, Dakota Fest, which is well, it's not this weekend, but it's it's the 21st through 23rd, something right in there. Yeah, 21st through 23rd, and and I believe it's uh, on the on the Wednesday mm-hmm. where uh, they're going to be having their forums. I, I believe the gubernatorial one is at 11 a.m with uh, the Republican and Democrat candidates, and then they have the uh, Libertarian and, and whoever shows up for the Constitution Party. <laughs> and then uh, in the afternoon, they've got uh, Dusty Johnson, Tim Bjorkman, and, and the other uh, third-party candidates as well. Ron, Ron Wazorek, who we haven't seen in uh, quite a few years. Yeah, uh, the return of Ron Wazorek. Uh, you the, know, the I, return of Lyndon LaRouche to the lexicon of <laughs> South Dakota yeah. politics. I knew it had been a while since we'd had Ron around when I was uh, doing election night analysis uh, during the primaries at KSFY. And one of the uh, newer anchor reporter people came up to me and said, how do you pronounce this? <laughs> 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 you know, and I had it took me a minute. I had to double check myself. So that'll be fun. So that's uh, Dakota Fest. Uh, always a good time, and uh, since they got all the third parties in there, it'll be it'll be a full on uh, fisticuffs, knife fight out on the prairie, right? It, it will, but uh, you know it'll it'll provide us a lot of fodder, kind of take us out of the doldrums of summer where there's just not much going on. It's actually been a little more active summer with uh, some of the drama with the different state party conventions mm-hmm. and and that type of thing. So it, it's been a pretty active political year and. And it's it's only going to ramp up starting here in a week or so. Yeah, and it will be the first time I think that we'll see these candidates, major candidates, on the same stage. So it's a it's an important moment if you are in the campaign business, is it not? Well, I I think we're going to see. Uh, you know, how, how are these guys going to play out on the trail? They'll be testing messages and and maybe taking light pokes at each other to just size the other one up yeah you know what word you're going to hear a lot tariffs <laughs> i care i guarantee you're going to hear the word tariff a lot well, yeah well yeah especially at the farm forums mm-hmm. uh, we'll hear tariff uh, we, we may hear trump a few times yep. uh not quite as much as the primary because uh it didn't necessarily work out so well for uh, a couple yeah. of the congressional candidates who were wrapping their arms around president trump but uh, you know, for Christie in the in the governor's race, it's going to be a little safer territory because Trump is well liked in South Dakota yeah. in in comparison to a lot of places. So, so we'll we'll hear about him on the trail uh, from uh, from Congresswoman Noem. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because you will they'll have an idea of what messages are playing and which aren't, and you'll see that reflected in how they. Uh, what they say and how they deal with questions and that sort of thing. So it's going to be always a fascinating moment in South Dakota political history. So we'll be watching and uh, have to talk about that uh, when, after it happens, it'll give us something to chat about, Pat. (laughs) Right. That sounds great. We need all the fodder we can get, right? (laughs) Well, uh, until we get, uh, until we get past September 1st, uh, you know, nobody's really getting too worked up about it. Everybody's still got kids out of school and, they're out buying school supplies at this point, but once they're all in and settled, we'll be we'll be talking a lot more about politics, and we'll be 
be in that uh, kind of that well, that's 60 day or less sprint. And, mm-hmm. and actually looking at it, we are, if you take early voting into accounting, we are fewer than 50 days away from early voting starting. Oh, there it is. Back in, back in the game, Pat. Uh, Pat Powers, <laughs> he is the blogger at dakotawarcollege.com. He is up in Brookings and uh, we have him on the show pretty much every Tuesday. Pat, thanks a lot. Oh, thank you, Patrick. Coming up after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters, we're going to chat with Patrick Saylor. It's an all-Patrick hour here on the Patrick Lally Show. We'll talk to you in a minute. This is Information 1000 KSOO. Nothing but a pick on the side. 435 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And uh, I'm very happy to have back in the studio... Patrick Saylor for, by the way, it's all Patrick Hour here on the Patrick Lally Show because in the first half hour was Pat Powers, now Patrick Saylor, Patrick Lally Show. So we've just brought it all together into one convenient package for everybody. So I, I hope you appreciate that. Nice. Yeah, I appreciate being a part of the exclusive Patrick Club, I yeah, guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, <laughs> maybe we'll just do it every Tuesday now. Um, you are manager of the Co-op Natural Foods, uh, which uh, has been had a few different names over there. You started as East Dakota Natural Foods Co-op, right? Isn't that the yeah. first name? Yeah, the initial in the you know in the seventies when it started. Yeah, and the uh, in fact there was just a story about the history of the co-op was in the the Argus Leader, right? Yeah, a wonderful story the Argus did. Um, they've been working uh, you know sort of behind the scenes on that story for a number of years actually. Um, uh, Annie, one of one of our uh, longtime employees, she's been around forever and ever. Been putting together um, the history of the co-op, and and there was. Uh, there was a lot of uh, research that went into that. That you know, th- we we don't didn't necessarily have a um, a good grasp on yeah. early on. You know, you you weren't really cataloging what you were doing early on in co-ops, but it's so historic now. Yeah, and it's a it is a great origin story because it came out of just some friends who had made a trip to Minneapolis and said, "Hey, we can do that." You yeah. know, we need this stuff, right? Yeah. That's, yeah. It's awesome. And uh, I imagine that's still up online somewhere. People yep. can read it. Yep. You can find that at uh, ArgusLeader.com. And, and uh, uh, it was the, in fact, it's the uh, uh, the gentleman's name, excuse me, is it Renshaw, I think is the last name, who does the regular history uh, story, right? Or was that somebody else? I can't remember. Oh, I, you know what? I can't, I can't remember I his name right now. I, I don't believe it, it is. Um, but uh, it was a fine story and reminded me of uh, when the co-op was downtown in yeah. uh, some smaller places uh, where I first came across it and then out on 33rd and now at 18th of Minnesota, if people don't know where that is. Now, the reason you're here today, uh, Pat, is that you guys have kind of a, a, a an event going on that you hadn't planned for. Uh, not at all. And I appreciate you <laughs> accepting uh, my plea last minute to come in here and talk about this event. Uh, we We just had a big event. And I think when... We brought up the idea of doing another a follow-up event 72 hours later. Um, m- many of our employees uh, uh, sort of uh, groaned a little bit because we all worked really hard on the uh, block party last Saturday, and it was it was a lot of fun. But, uh, you know, from the block party, we have some uh, leftover food that we're hoping to use up, and we thought the best way to do that was use that for some good. And uh, so we're going to do a $3 dinner. Um, we're repurposing some of the raw ingredients from what we would have used at the block party. We're going to make a uh, uh, beef, grass-fed beef chili, a mm-hmm. vegan chili, some cornbread. Might be another surprise in there as well, but that's just the basic menu for now. And all proceeds from that that uh, three dollar dinner are going to go to the St. Francis House here in Sioux Falls, which supports uh, homeless folks, right? Yeah, yeah, they're fighting they're fighting homelessness in Sioux Falls. Um, food insecurity and they're, they're very unique in the idea that they're, they're not just a shelter though. They are, um, a shelter They're They're a multi-tiered type of, uh, um, a homeless recovery. So they, they can, uh, take in single folks. They can take in, um, women or men and, and also whole families. And then they, they can, uh, they offer some really, really great transitional services, um, sort of that uh, hand up instead of a handout idea, um, and they're they're doing that really really well, and they're doing a nice job, and we felt like we could help out their cause a little bit. And so the the dinner, the three dollar dinner, is Wednesday right? tomorrow night. Tomorrow, tomorrow night, night five p.m. to eight p.m. And just you come to the co op. Come to the co op. Uh, you know, uh, go up to the register and buy a token. You may want to grab some other stuff ahead of time. Um, 
Uh, so you, you pay at the register, you get a, a little wooden nickel, a little token that you take to the deli window where our normally our hot bar always is uh, during lunchtime on the weekdays. And you uh, trade your token for a, a container for the chili and uh, a little napkin for the cornbread and some utensils. It's not going to be uh, it's not going to be white tablecloth. <laughs> this is this is last minute, and and any money we would have spent on a white tablecloth might as well go to the St. Francis house instead. So this is going to be picnic style. So it, we should point out, okay, and the co-op at 18th in, in Minnesota there. Um, and ha- you've been there since uh, the old place on 33rd, unfortunately burned, had a fire. But y- y- people show up there, they can have the dinner. It's Like you said, it's not. But y- it's not like you have this food left over because nobody showed up for the block party. Let, let, let's, let's point that out. <laughs> no, let's, the, let's get to the point. The, it, no, we, the block party was very successful. It was, it was actually... Uh, uh, about a hundred more people showed up this year than they did last year, so it was yet another um, uh, growth uh, in the event for us. We we had a slight miscommunication in the kitchen. Uh, <laughs> we 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 calculated how many people were going to be serving, but then we doubled the menu, and instead of you know cutting that number in half, we doubled the, n- <laughs> the number at the same time. We doubled the number of dishes we were doing. So, um, yeah, just that slight miscommunication ended up with. Uh, some extra food for us and we certainly don't want to throw it in the freezer we certainly definitely don't want to throw it in the dumpster and, mm-hmm. and uh, we really want to put it to some good so well, this is a really good idea uh to try and make something really good out of uh unfortunate miscommunication right yeah i th- <laughs> I, I hope so yeah i mean we we really we want some good to come of it and um, you know, just like just like shopping in the store, coming to eat at this three dollar dinner is open to everyone. Uh, mm-hmm. You don't have to be a member of the co op to to shop there. You don't have to be a member of the co op to come and support this cause. And you know, people should know too. You don't have to just pay the three bucks. Um, we we really wanted to um, offer it for three bucks, so the whole community, the whole neighborhood, everybody could participate in this dinner, and we could really bring people together. But if somebody wants to come and pay more than three dollars, they're certainly welcome to. There's no admin fees being taken out of the the money we earn, the sales we get from this dinner, there's no food cost. You're not trying to re- recoup your costs. Nope. Here. This is straight gratuitous, just charity for the folks at St. Francis House. Exactly. Yeah, we, awesome. we already paid for the food and we got the labor in it already. So we're going to go ahead and, you know, cover that end of it. And every penny that you come in and give us for this $3 dinner is going straight to the St. Francis House. We're going to come right back and talk more with Patrick Saylor. He is manager of the Co-op Natural Foods at 18th in Minnesota. The $3 dinner is tomorrow night, 5 to 8? 9. 5 to 8. 5 to 8, uh, 18th in Minnesota. You're going to want to stop by and get that. But we've got some more issues we want to talk about regarding food and what you put in your body. Come on now, people. That's good stuff. You want to stay close. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Four forty-seven on the Patrick Lally Show, Information One Thousand KSOO, and uh, we're chatting here with Patrick Saylor. He is the general manager of the Co-op Natural Food Store, Eighteenth uh, and Minnesota Avenue, and they have a a big event coming up tomorrow night to uh, uh, move some stuff that they've got left over. But it's going for a good cause. Three bucks get you a meal over at the Co-op, and that money goes to the St. Francis House. So. Uh, Get on over there and, and eat for a good cause. Can't have anything better than that. Uh, but, Pat, uh, so how long have you been the manager now of the co-op? Uh, about two and a half years or so, since 20, uh, early in 2016. How's so. it treating you? Is it all right? Oh, still I, okay? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's, it's, a, it's a pretty pretty awesome thing to have a, a co-op thriving like, like uh, ours is in a, in, a, in a town like Sioux Falls. I really think it elevates the entire city and, and especially the community surrounding us over here in Sioux Falls. So, so for people who don't know um, or haven't been there or what have you, how does it work? What's a co-op and how does it work? Uh, co-ops co-ops uh, are can can exist in all all types of business, and um, the, you know we've got grain and fuel uh, co-ops here in South Dakota and your energy co-ops, of course, credit unions are technically co-ops. Um, uh, there's a couple of places called co-op in Sioux Falls that aren't co-ops, but I won't talk about them right now. Uh, <laughs> that's fine. But our, uh, the way generally the way a co-op works is it's a business that's owned by the folks that patronize the business. 
Um, so we're truly member owned. There's no um, single owner that all the profits are going to. Our 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 profits truly do go back into the community. Um, number one and and number two back into improving the the co-op itself. So um, we have uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of about fourteen hundred member owners in the co-op. Those folks have. Uh, chosen to invest uh, $200 in a share in the co-op. Um, you don't all have to pay that all at once. Mm-hmm. You can pay $40 a year for five years, and then you're fully invested. Um, and that $200 share is refundable at any time should you choose not to use the co-op. So it's really it's a really unique model, and that, that membership um, – you know, it gets you access to certain certain deals throughout the store. Um, it gives you the ability to vote for the board, run for the board. Uh, it, uh, um, you know, and the the two hundred dollars helps us uh, with our, you know, capital uh, use position. And I mean, it 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 really uh, it really is a unique business model and and kind of an alternative uh, economy in a sense. So you, uh, the last time you were on the program, you were just about to change the way the structure worked, right? It used to be like a monthly fee or, or it was a smaller amount of money. Yeah. And you went to this different structure. Has it uh, accomplished everything that you had hoped for? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we knew that it was going to be uh, a long process. And, um, you, you know, in the past, the uh, stock uh, investment in the co-op was only $25 and it had been that way for uh, nearly 30 years. Mm-hmm. And then folks would pay $36 annual fee. Well, we decided, you know, to get rid of that annual fee, $36 a year, cause you'd never see that come back. Um, and instead we had to, but you know, to keep a, a solvent financial, uh, basis for the co-op, we increased that stock price to $200. Um, and and we've we've seen overwhelming support for it. Everyone is excited about number one the idea that they're not paying an annual fee that's mm-hmm. just going to go to nothing, mm-hmm. you know, go to nowhere. Of course, you know it it went to the co-op, which is great. But uh, you know, it was just general revenue, yeah. right? Right. And we, uh, you know, they're uh, overall uh, the folks that are that are shopping and and our members at our member owners in the co-op are utilizing our owner discount or uh, owner deals throughout the store which are really really excellent deals we focus mostly as much as possible on local items um where if you're an owner in the co-op you come in you see an orange tag that says owner deal you're going to get um a great featured item in each department at a at a pretty good discount so um yeah we've had awesome feedback we've still um, because everything was on an annual schedule with that membership, we've still got to get to October before we've been through a full year mm-hmm. of that um, to really know um, a little bit more financially about um, where we're sitting with that switch. And what's the appeal? I mean, uh, to be, a, you know, I can, anybody can shop at the co-op, right? And yes. you do get the discounts. But in terms of, of the uh, co-op and, and your appeal to the community, uh what is it? What is it about the co-op that makes it special? I think first and foremost is we're an outlet for local foods and local items. We currently sell items from a total of 72 different farmers and local producers at the co-op. And without without us, I mean, there's just no outlet outside of the farmer's market, mm-hmm. market for that. Um, you know, of course, they can they can kick, claw, and scratch to get into those you know, bigger stores down the street from us, but generally they're only going to take a very small select number of items. Um, the big fellas down the street for us generally average under 1% of local local mm. products. And uh, depending on the time of, of year for us at the co-op, we, we, we can average up to 27, 30% local products that we're selling out of our store. So it really, really does have that local impact and does create a thriving local economy that supports other local businesses as well. And it should be noted that uh, it's not just, I mean, you get anything you want basically at the co-op. It's not like it's just a bulk grain and, uh, you know, some local produce. Uh, You've Mm -hmm. got pretty much anything you'd need. Yeah. We, we, we thrive on, on providing as, um, uh, comprehensive a shopping experience as we possibly can. You know, we, we, we're a little store. Mm-hmm. We're probably about the size of a break room at a Walmart, but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but we, we do the best that we can. We, we utilize a lot of, 
a lot of really sophisticated tools to make sure that we're stocking our store with the proper products. Uh, Patrick Saylor, he is the manager of the Co-op Natural Foods at 18th of Minnesota here in Sioux Falls and the big uh, block party $3 dinner over the block party overflow $3 dinner. The proceeds <laughs> go to St. Francis House is tomorrow from 5 to 8 o'clock. Uh, stop by, get some uh, chili or some, some grass-fed beef chili or some vegan chili and uh, cornbread and maybe some other stuff and just have a good time and hang out at the co-ops, which can't, what, what could be better than that, right, Pat? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. We'll be right back and uh, cap off today's show and talk about what we got coming up tomorrow. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. Four fifty-eight on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO. And uh, Patapalooza, as my uh, friend Dave down in Florida called it, it comes to an end. Pat Tuesday. Pat. <laughs> That's a communism. Common manism. <laughs> Forgot about Pat Tuesday. Oh man, I could have used that. Uh, coming up this Saturday, it's downtown Riverfest, four to eleven. On the downtown River Greenway between 6th and 8th Streets, Shrapa Place, the Raven Industries parking lot, live music on two stages, kids' activities, food trucks, cold drinks, retail vendors, canoe rides, live art, and a fireworks finale. For more details on this and other events, go to the event calendar at KSO.com. Coming up tomorrow, uh, Twins game, Pittsburgh Pirates, first pitch at 1210. We'll be here when that gets done. Kate DeBon, she's with the Time Off, uh, Project Time Off. And uh, we're going to talk about how South Dakotans are the worst in the country for taking vacation. That's all tomorrow on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO.